Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb Crowley and welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil. Today we are talking about receiving information through pendulums, tapping, ghost boxes, and remote viewing with Jenny Tyson, who's joining us to talk about her new book, The Art of Scrying and Dowsing. So welcome to the show, Jenny. And um, we're going to talk about scrying and dowsing, but first I want to talk about or I want to hear your journey and how you got into this and what kind of broke open your soul. Okay. Um, well, I, I, I started, I started get developing an interest in like esoteric things, including scrying, um, about, uh, right around, uh, uh, 1999 to 2000, quite a while ago. And I, I was not a natural psychic. I, I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't read tarot cards. I couldn't do, you know, everything was difficult. The only thing I could do was dowsing. I, I did, I did, I did have some uh, ability, natural ability to do dowsing. So okay, before you go anywhere, yeah, what is dowsing? Dowsing is taking a pendulum, kind of like this, and by watching how the pendulum reacts when you ask a question or when you go over a map. Like a like if you have like a um, like a geographical map and you watch the pendulum as you move it around the map and the change in the behavior of the pendulum tells you um, gives you the response that you're to a question that you're looking for or a place on the map that you're trying to find. A lot of people start with the pendulum, and I did too. And um, when I started, it would be uh, show me yes show me no. And that's mm -hmm. kind of how I started. And I just wanted to throw that in because I think a lot of people do start with a pendulum. Yes, yes. So, it's yeah. probably the easiest way to, to, uh, to start out with. Um, and I started out that way too with show me yes, show me no. And mm -hmm. then and then later on, and then later on, I learned how to, you know, work it over a map. Mm -hmm. Um and my goal was, my big goal was I wanted to talk to a spirit. I wanted to be able to communicate with spirits. That was my big thing back then. Using um, a pendulum, because I never went there with a pendulum. I never, I never even thought about it. I went to the Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, you know, I was, I was coming out of a very um, Bible Belt fundamentalist type mentality. Mm. at this time. And it was just, it was, it was falling apart. It wasn't working for me. I was really searching to try and figure out some answers. And I was having a lot of doubts. So I wasn't ready for the Ouija board at that time. Mm -hmm. And so that you came, were a pendulum in the closet. <laughs> that's I was, oh, I was very much in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I peeked my head. No, it was, yeah, it was, it was, um, that was a little bit difficult, you know, the idea of coming out of the closet, um, mm -hmm. coming, um, 
and, and, and gaining some confidence in myself right. um, as a person, you know, that I was more than just a baby machine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because yeah. that's how I, you know, that's kind of how things, how I grew up and it. And that didn't work for me because I was a nurse and I ended up, I was in there. I was just really, really independent mm-hmm. and fighting against that natural independence that I have. Yeah. Um, and in a hostile and it, environment, basically. In a hostile if you're environment. going to bring a pendulum or. Oh, uh, no, I couldn't, other, I couldn't show. I couldn't do anything like that. No. Yeah. yeah. It was it was hidden. It was put away. And my house just there was no hint. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, well, I was really I found it really frustrating in the beginning because people were telling me, well, you should do this, this and this. And, and none of the none of that seemed to be working. Mm-hmm. And I developed an interest in astral projection. Um, early on, because again, this is sort of something that was neutral with my background pendulum. It, you know, it's not really, it's, it's not really witchy. It's not really Catholic. It's somewhere, you know, it's really right. neutral. It's really neutral. Yeah. And the same thing. Um, oh, geez, I lost my train of thought. Astral projection, same thing with astral yeah. projection. It wasn't really, you know, re- had anything to do with religion. It was just a skill. Mm-hmm. And and now I was talk about what astral projection is. Yeah, astral projection. Now, my definition might be a little different than somebody else's. So, mm-hmm. to me, astral projection is a mental projection in trance of your mind to another uh, location, and that location can be physically on Earth. It can be a spiritual location, or it can be a location on another planet. My favorite. leave the planet completely (laughs) i no, i love doing space exploration i really enjoy doing that with that with those with those skills that's my thing Mm -hmm. that's my favorite thing to do i mean i i want to go you know i star trek i want to go where no one's gone before right (laughs) and then you get there and other people are there who have also astro projected (laughs) yeah (laughs) is this in your new book your um, the scrying and dowsing book, or is it in your other book, which is um, spiritual alchemy? Your... Yeah, sorry about okay. That. Spiritual alchemy. spiritual alchemy has oh, that was so long ago. It was almost ten years ago when that book was written. Um, it, my notes say two thousand fifteen. That's when it was published. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, the writing. Understand that writing of that book took a long time because that was yeah. my first book. I have. I have super editor upstairs and, and he was teaching me how to write. So, and what is his name? Are we allowed? Donald Tyson. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Donald Tyson. And, and he's like, he's like an amazing editor because he's just every detail and he's, you know, he's a very skilled writer Mm -hmm. um, as an author, just incredible. Um, Anyway, I had to learn how to write in addition to relating the story. And that yeah. took that took time. It almost took me two years just to get through the editing portion of that book mm. <clears throat> before and I was even briefly. Able to... What is the story? Because that is the opening. That is was your opening story yes. of your opening. We it started out. It started out. We it was using a Ouija board, but it was a special Ouija board. I made a Donald was doing a, a historical writing on jo, Dr. John D, who was an occultist from the 16th century, and I said. 
let's try to contact him. Let's use a spirit. Let's use like a Ouija board. So I made one with John D's picture on it and specific letters of the alphabet. And everything was just focused on John D. It was it was for him alone. Mm-hmm. So we got into the we got into the study next which is the room next to me. And, and we, were, we were both doing it. We tried to record it, but our recorder stopped working. The battery died. And <laughs> Did you kill it? <laughs> probably. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but, but something happened, and, and we got a couple of words, and then the letter, and then we kept getting the letter D. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then Donald realized at that time, when he went upstairs, that D is like he always, Dr. D always signed as a Delta, his name. Mm-hmm. And so the letter D, the letter Delta was coming, kept on coming up. And, and he, he's the one that he, it was like a code that we were given. And it took him a couple of hours to realize that, oh my gosh, this was John D's code for his name. Mm-hmm. So you were so, in community. So then, and then we realized, oh, wow, we really got in touch with them. So then I said, I got to find something faster than this board because, I mean, this thing is like <laughs> slow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just too slow for me. I want a conversation. I don't want to sit there one letter at a time. I mean, it's painful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want... I want sentences. So I, I was watching something on... Oh, I remember what it was. Um, a friend of mine, um, an occultist, uh, showed me how he used a ghost box um, in one of his um, in one of his rituals, and he got a response. What is a ghost box? Yeah. So I got myself a PSB. Uh, PSB. I can't remember the rest of it. <laughs> anyway, I got a ghost box. But what um, is a ghost box? PSB seven. That's what it is. Um, and and I and I tried it, recorded it, and played it back, and then I realized that I was actually talking to Dr. John D. Yeah, but wait a minute, back up, because I don't know what a ghost box is. Okay, a ghost box is like a little radio, and mm-hmm. it scans through the channels very quickly, and it scans through so fast that you can't like hear the individual channels. Mm-hmm. But if you record it and play it back, you'll hear responses from the spirit if you know how to listen to it. It takes wow. a little bit of skill. Um, and in my case, I picked it. I, I was a natural at it. It was something that worked really well for me mm-hmm. right off the bat. The electronic. I, you said you you mess with electronics. Yeah. Right. Right. So I played it back. I played that thing back. I played the recording back. I had a digital recorder and I had the and I had the ghost box. I played it back and there was a message on there. Hi Jenny from Dr. D. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, oh, 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 I just talked to Dr. John. Just died, 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 died. <laughs> you know? That's pretty that's pretty wild. That's pretty specific. Yeah, it was. It was like, and uh, so I continued to work with that and with the ghost box, he gave me instructions to use certain items from his books, from his diaries. Mm-hmm. Um, the table of Navagi is one of them. It's just a table with letters on it. And he wanted me to use that to help enhance the ghost box's response. 
And I continue to do that. They taught me how to then. And Edward Kelly was the one who taught me how to do. Now you're talking about astral projection. He taught me how to do it. Okay. Before we go to that, if you're talking to him on a ghost box and he can say, hi, Jenny, why do you need to go to an alphabet? You know, why couldn't you just. Because I did. The alphabet thing came first. Oh, that was first. And then when I realized that something was going on, then mm-hmm. I went to the ghost box. Oh, okay. Because okay. I'm thinking that's going backwards. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And with the ghost box, I was able to do sent- whole sentences. I was able mm-hmm. to receive instructions, build equipment um, based like on those telephone instructions. at that point. Right. Right. Yeah. So, I, you know, the, the, the thing that was really important to realize is that I, I learned that I could use this tool and I could get enough information from the spirits to build something. Mm -hmm. And what did you build? You mean it it was called the jukebox. And basically what it was, was a, um, uh, are you familiar with uh, William Reich? No, um, you have to educate me on that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, It's basically a box that concentrates spiritual energy so that the so that the spirit would be able to enhance and make more stronger the responses on the ghost box. It mm-hmm. collects energy, it stores stored energy, it made that energy specific to the people that I was talking to, and it made the responses easier to hear. Mm-hmm. You still and had to tape it and play it back, though. I still had to tape yeah. it and play it back. But <clears throat> after a while, after after a little while, what Working with this, I was able to put the ghost box inside the the bigger box on the table, turn it on, and it was like having a conversation. That's spooky. That's spooky. (laughs) That was, and it was just like, it was a fantastic, fantastic experience. And then I kept on doing- That's a spirit phone. I mean, um, Edison tried to come up with the spirit phone, but that's a spirit phone. Yes, yes. Wow. So they continued to train me. They continued to teach me. I, def- I learned how to do the, the astral projection mm-hmm. uh, through them. I learned how to do trance through them. And I developed clairaudience and clairvoyance. Okay, so they opened you up. Really. They basically opened me up. <clears throat> through training, right. did you follow instructions and then through uh-huh. training learn how to do it? At the beginning of the session, they would tell me what to do. I would, and then I would go and do it. And it, most mm-hmm. of it involved going into trance of breathing patterns and things like that. And mm-hmm. then I had a very, like a very intense spiritual experience. I was out for three days. It was like, I was like literally almost out of body most of that right. time. And, you know, it was a very, it was a very kind of a confusing experience and then afterwards, the abilities just really got boom. It it was over, almost overwhelming. It wasn't was so that powerful. frightening though? When you're when you've kind of lost yourself for three days, yeah, um, isn't that a little frightening? Of, yeah. Oh my God, who took over here? Yeah, yeah. It's my my whole life changed at that point. Mm-hmm. It, it was a turning. It was a distinct turning point in my life. And at that point. You know, at that point, now this was about nine months, nine months after the initial contact that this started happening. The first clairaudient experience 
was actually happened at work. I was at work. I was taking a break. I was doing some meditation in, in, in a room, in one of the rooms down there. And all of a sudden I heard somebody t- talking to me and I was like, I recognized David's voice from the, from the, from the ghost box. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, David Blackburn, or um, actually, I think it was a nickname. Um, he was a, um, he was an abbot, no, a priest. Um, oh, I can't remember. It's like an abbot, but it's not, it's with the Anglican church um, at Oxford university. Anyway, he was, um, I think he was, I think I, I tracked him down historically and he was like um, he was like the head minister of the uh, chapel at Oxford University or something like that. What year are we talking about? Huh? What year? Uh, what time uh, period? That he he was he was alive during the sixteenth sixteenth uh, uh, century, I think. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. So, anyways, um, I heard his voice just like through the fan that the mm-hmm. the blower. I heard his voice and I was like, are you talking to me? <laughs> and, and we were just sitting there like, oh my gosh, I can hear you without the, without mm-hmm. the ghost box. And after that, it, it just started, it started it. Clear audio it, audience um, is um, being able to hear where yes. let's say a psychic. Um, in my case, I see pictures. Right. And, and in your case, in this case, you were able to hear. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify that. Yes. Um, so, you know, at that point, at that point, I didn't know what to do with the abilities because it was starting mm-hmm. to like, I couldn't shut it off. It was distracting me because like I'd hear a spirit say something and I was trying to talk to somebody else and I would hear other other you know, it was almost like a hallucination type thing going on. I was wondering, didn't you worry about? I was really you know, worried. <laughs> I was really, well, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm losing my marbles here. Or maybe I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> I would be worried to be honest. Having a psychotic voice. Yeah. Hearing voices and yeah. Yeah. But, but, but it was like, you know, I eventually learned how to kind of get that under control and I took a course at that point and decided to take a course in uh, control remote viewing. I studied with uh, Teresa Frisch and then Lori Williams. Um, Lynn Buchanan was, was, was also present um, during these courses. And mm-hmm. I did this to learn how to control the ability and how to use it properly. And that right. was, that was so important. It, I, I would have been totally lost without that. So you and, went from reactive to proactive. Right, your, with right. Your gift, yeah, yeah. Um, and and I was very, I was very concerned about the accuracy, um, even from the get go, because I was like, I would hear things, and then it would turn out that they would be wrong, and I was like, are they trying to deceive me, or is this me, or what is going on mm-hmm. here? I didn't yeah. understand the how how perception worked, and how accurate perception, how how to how to. Um, how can I say, how to have accurate perception, how to filter out the inaccuracies. I didn't know if it was the spirit that was doing it or if it was me. Can I ask how or am I open up a can of worms with that? Is that too big a subject? Okay. No, that's not too big a subject. What was your your question? Um, How do you know the accuracy? Um, Because this is, and it's a good thing, because it's like, um, this is the key, one of the keys 
that I present in the scrying and dousing book. Mm-hmm. Okay. What you have to do, what you have to do is you have to use your perception and ask specific focused questions without conscious knowledge of what you're going of, of what your target is, of what your target um, uh, is. You need the conscious mind needs to be excluded um, from that process entirely. Uh, the conscious you know mind at the, this point, the conscious, excuse me, excuse me. Um, at this point, I'm going to bring you back to the book and the scrying because we went through, how did you open up? But then we kind yeah. of are jumping all over the book and I okay. want to go more in, in, you know, okay. um, have it more logically presented, I guess. So can we go into the what is scrying and dousing and then go into how do you know the accuracy? So I apologize for that's okay. Having you Um, all over the place. No, and and you know what? I'll I'll go I'll go I'll go and ramble on Mm -hmm. and on. I'm pretty good at it myself, yeah. (laughs) Um okay, so we're we're looking at scrying. Now scrying scrying is the act of perceiving in terms of visual information. The visual information can be internal. It can be a vision that you see in a speculum, a crystal. Mm -hmm. It can be a um, visual that you see in tarot cards. It it can be a visual in terms of like throwing shells and rice or whatever into a pile and uh, studying the pile. It can be a visual in terms of looking at clouds or trees uh, scrying is visual perception. Okay, so visual, if you throw a bunch of rice, will you? And then you look at it for a while. Will you start to see pictures in the rice? Well, you, you remember when you remember what I said about being uh, having a specific focus and question. Mm-hmm. When I do scrying, it doesn't matter what kind of scrying that I do. I have I have a specific question that I'm looking for. Okay, and intent target. Okay. Mm-hmm. It could be a place. It could be a physical place at a certain time, um, like the Gettysburg Address, for example, uh, Eiffel Tower. It, even if I don't know what it is, I have it hidden through the use of a grab bag. I don't know what it is, but I am scrying for something specific. So I am looking for shapes. I'm looking for colors. I'm looking for activity. Can you and give yes, me an example of having of doing it? So, you know, let's say of one time that you've done it or an example from your book. Okay. You know, just an second. example. Okay. Um, let me find some. We got one of there's a, there are two case studies, and my favorite one has to be um, the Temple of Solomon, the Ark of the Covenant. I wanted to do the Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> It's one of my favorite movies, right? Mm-hmm. So this was just like, I want to do this target really, really bad. <laughs> so I put, I have this target, um, a pool of five targets. I write up five targets. Uh, there were included a living dinosaur, Stonehenge when it was being built, the city of Atlantis, and then the Ark of the Covenant, okay, mm-hmm. during the reign of King Solomon. And I, I write these up. And I put them in a, a grab bag and I draw one out and I, without looking at it, I set it aside. I usually put it in a book or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, write, I write it up on just separate pieces of paper and roll them up, put them in a bag, take one out, 
put it in the book and, and, and then set the bag uh, somewhere else. So I don't know which one it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I take, <clears throat> I take that thing, I take that out. And then um, what I do is like, I, I start out, like I imagine a photograph. I'm going to take three points on that photograph and I'm going to find um, what are called primary perceptions. These are your first perceptions. It'll be an object. Um, it'll be a presence, which is like a living entity. Um, it could be liquid. Um, and I have a different list for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, a liquid, okay, object, liquid, uh, presence, and activity and energy. So mm-hmm. instead of knowing what the target is, I'm going to look for these primary perceptions, object, liquid, presence, and activity. And I'm going to describe these in terms of shape, activity, color, um, and just like you would draw a picture, and I would focus on drawing. So mm-hmm. I, I start out with it internally, and I just write down and I sketch uh, the first thing that comes to mind. And in the, in the, in the thing here, um, you know, I, I, have, I have a number of different sketches. In your book, you have a, a real step-by-step. Yes, yes. Yeah. But this was um, this sketch here. Okay, keep in mind that we're on audio out to the world. <laughs> okay. What page is that on? It's on page 109. Thank you. And it's a cave-like structure showing a ritual sacrifice. I have a, a square cube in the center, and it says it's hot, and it looks like a fire with smoke. And it says glowing red and orange, okay? Mm-hmm. These are things that I see, that I see inside, and this is, this is the sketch that comes out, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, that's internal scrying. That's coming from my imagination, So I write that down and then I look like, um, say I want to look in, um, on, in, in like rice and uh, shells and stuff like that. I have a, I have like a mixed bag. It's has shells in it. It has rice. It has like strings, spaghetti. And I look for shapes in there and I sense action. I sense shapes and I feel colors. Um, I see the, you know, I see action. I see movement in, and all that is like, you know, I can see that in the, it's like, it's like looking at a cloud. You see a shape in a cloud, right? Right, right. Okay. It's the same, pro- it's exactly the same process. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you start it, to see pictures basically within those. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. And they're, and they're just imaginary pictures. I mean, it's not like, it's not like I'm having a vision. It's just imaginary. The, the the same sense of like when you're looking at clouds and you see various shapes and things right, like that. Right, no right. different than that. Tea leaves. You remember how you know how you see shapes with the tea leaves, mm-hmm. right? Okay, that's pretty much that's pretty much what it what it's like. Okay, the, you know what though? I'm going to stop you there. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come right back. And this is Barb Crowley with Metaphysics, the group uh, View Through the Veil. And we're going to come back with Jenny Tyson telling us more about scrying and how she she looks at it and gets the message. Thanks. We'll be right back.
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. One thing's for certain, life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back with Jenny Tyson, who is teaching us how to scry using her new book, The Art of Scrying and Dowsing. And we're in the conversation of how to scry, how to do this. So I'm going to bring Jenny back in to continue our conversation where she's been scrying the Ark of the Covenant. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So we were, so like the first perceptions were of a, of a cave like structure and there was a square box inside there that had a fire on it. Okay. And it's consistent. It's consistent with, um, with, um, uh, with biblical accounts of, you know, the temple and everything else like that. And the temple wasn't like, the temple that I perceived, where the location I perceived wasn't huge. Okay, this is, this is like, it's a house attached to a cave. And I didn't know where it was. I, I, I actually, I actually went to Google Earth to try to find out where, where this could possibly be located, because it just didn't seem consistent with what my understanding of where um, where this where this was, and then then uh, I saw a um, a human priest, uh, male uh, re- with the ritual, and that he had this like great big, and it was almost like a chef's hat on his head, and and this is this is like I'm I'm, I'm still like scrying just with my imagination, um, these perceptions. This is internal scrying, so it's it's like these things I'm seeing in my imagination. I'm not seeing a vision. Okay, mm-hmm. it's just stuff that's coming to me. And, and as it comes to me, these images, I write, I just sketch them down. And mm-hmm. I don't judge them. I don't judge them. Because remember, I, when I'm doing this, I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking for. There's five and, targets and you remain in neutral. That's the trick. I think See, remaining you're, neutral. Right. You're, 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 you're getting rid of your you're processing your analytical processing. You're getting rid. It's actually related to how your how your senses are process, uh, how your mind processes 
processes <laughs> yeah. sensory sensory information, your sight, mm-hmm. sound, touch, um, and it tends to overwhelm whelm the very delicate, subtle perceptions that are coming from your deeper mind or subconscious, depending on which term you prefer. I like deeper mind because it's it's a it's a deep it's it's coming from deeper within you. Okay, mm-hmm. it's not coming from outside anywhere. It's not external. It's right. coming from within. All scrying perceptions and come from within you. Come from essentially your imagination. Mm-hmm. And the best way to express this is by sketching. And you know, just like you're seeing, like I said before, you're seeing like images in the clouds, and you just right. write those images down. You sketch them down. Some of them are going to be accurate. Some of them are not going to be accurate. You have to accept the fact that you're not going to have a hundred percent accuracy every time you scribe. And once you accept that and you say, okay, it's okay if some of the images are not accurate or related to what you're supposed to be going for. Um, once you're okay with that, then, I mean, it really starts to flow at that point. Again, when, yeah. once you've gone more neutral and allowed the information to come in without yes. judgment. Yeah. Yeah. And it does feel, you know, because when I've taught, um, I say to people, do you feel like you're making this up? And they will say, oh, yeah, perfect, perfect. (laughs) That's what it needs to feel like before you start to get the validation of this is real information. Yeah. Yeah. But when you go back, the magic of this is like after you've done all your sketches and you put in all your descriptions Mm -hmm. and you go back and you find out what that target was and you go back and compare it, it's magic. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you realize when you look at that information and you compare it to your session, you realize that, oh, my gosh, I really did see some things. Yeah. And this will happen yeah. with most every session. It's very rare that you have a session that doesn't show anything that's not related, you know, that's related that to the It doesn't validate it. Right. doesn't validate well, someone of what you're seeing. Well, right. you can't know that information in any other way. You yes. can't talk it away. It forces you, by excluding your conscious mind, you are forced to scry. You have no other way of obtaining the information. Mm-hmm. And, and when you do that, when you do that, it's, it's very effective for opening you up. That's, that's where the awakening happens. The awakening happens at feedback time when you realize, oh, my gosh, I can really do this. This is real. Right, right. Okay. At that moment yeah. of that realization, then. Now, what is the difference between dowsing and scrying? Now, dowsing is done with a pe- is usually done with a pendulum. Now, I describe another. I use a dot matrix dowsing in the book, which is mm-hmm. you have a um, you have a, a square. You divide it into four, and you randomly tap your pencil in there. It's like like you're drumming. And then you count up the dots and, you know, even dots are yes, odd dots are no. And this works really well for people who have trouble with the pendulum. Some people have, whoops, (laughs) I just dropped my pendulum. Um, Some people have really, really steady hands. I'm a nurse. The biggest problem is people who work with their hands a lot. Um, have extremely steady hands. You don't have that muscle tremor as much because you have good motor control and, Dot matrix dowsing is a good way to learn dowsing if you have really, really steady hands and you have trouble with the 
have trouble with the pendulum, understanding how the pendulum works. Mm-hmm. Now I teach it. I teach it now. The, the the old way to teach it is say, show me yes, show me no. That's not how I teach it. I teach it by observe observation. You you have yes and no written on a piece of paper. You put with the, the pendulum, pendulum over or with the dowsy. With the with the pendulum. Okay. Sorry, okay. somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> you have you have one side yes, one side no. And mm-hmm. you watch the change in the behavior of the pendulum. You don't like like with the show me yes, if the pendulum doesn't work, you intentionally make it do something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. With this, with this, you simply observe what it does. If it doesn't do anything, if it just trembles a certain way, you'll eventually see that there's a difference in the tremble between the two. Mm-hmm. Okay, because not everybody's not every the steadiness of your hand um, makes a big difference as to how much the pendulum moves. If your hand, if you have more of that idiomotor shake, uh, trembling, you're going to have more movement with the pendulum. If you try to force the movement, then you're going to start getting into that bias uh, situation. No longer neutral. Yeah, right. So you got it. You got to make sure that you're just watching what it does. You want to remain passive when you're doing this mm-hmm. observation. Um, the dot matrix dowsing, which I teach in the book, is a good way to learn how to do dowsing, okay? Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's a little bit different. It's based on, um, it's actually based in a hoodoo practice uh, called dice divination, but I wanted to get more, uh, more of the subconscious mind involved in that because the subconscious mind can control how many times you tap, mm-hmm. um, even though your conscious mind can't keep track of all that. Because it happens, you do it too fast for your conscious mind to do it, to go along with it, right? Now, do you close your eyes when you're tapping or your eyes open and you're watching what you're doing? I'm, um, I'm focused. I focus my eyes elsewhere. Okay. Okay. So yeah. I just, I'll tap, I'll tap, but like I'll have, I'll be looking straight ahead and I'll just tap on the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, I, I use dot matrix dowsing. If I feel like I have a lot of like belief bias going on, if I feel like I'm pushing it, or if I'm not dowsing with the pendulum very well, but 95% of the time I'm going to use the pendulum. Mm-hmm. I have that. It's just sort of a backup technique that I use that, you know, if I'm having a bad day with the pendulum or if I want to double check something. But How about uh, most of the people, people feel that you have to clean a pendulum, that, that it can take on energies that later will. Um, in, interfere with what you're doing. Is, yeah. Do you find that to be true? Or I I understand that, and I think, and if you believe that, you need to do that. You need to, mm-hmm. you need to address it. Personally, no. I I mean, I'm not. I don't attribute. I'm not as as strong about. I mean, I'm not as like the type of person that attributes magical qualities to the pendulum itself. I'm very internal. It's, mm-hmm. it's my magic. My magic is within me. Um, my ability is within me. You're, you know, you're just using a tool. I can, you know, take off this ring here and use a ring for a pendulum and it'll be, it'll work just fine. So I'm, I'm a little bit more like, um, so the pendulum isn't the power. The power is within you. The within pendulum you. is just a feedback loop. Right. And I, I use, um, like, my, if I'm on a map, if I'm doing map, pen, uh, map dowsing, I will use a darning needle. You know, you, a darning needle is like a, it's like a sewing needle, but it's a little bit bigger. 
And the important thing is the end is not sharp. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you don't stab your finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or bu- end up with a bunch of holes in a map. <laughs> but yeah. what is map so, dowsing? Why would you use map dowsing? Okay, like um, you use this, that's, that's used like an archaeology. Um, and, and what you do is you make a, you have a, like a, a, a geographical map Um I use a topographical map. It's a very detailed map uh, Mm -hmm. with the, um, and I use the um, uh, GPS squares. My map has a GPS written on it. Mm -hmm. It's a a detailed trail map with the elevation and everything else like that. Okay. And, and so what I do is I'll take, um, I'll take like three or four of those um, GPS squares and I'll put it on a blank sheet of paper, make squares on the paper, but I'm not looking at the map on mm-hmm. itself. Okay. And then I'll douse over the paper, put the dots down, and then I'll transfer it over to the, um, to the actual map. And when <clears throat> you use a map, what are you looking for? Why are you using the map? Um, well, we use it for like, um, I, one of the, one of the, I, I, uh, I was helping find some, somebody find some gold deposits up, uh, up in the highlands. No, that's a good uh, reason. They were, they were, well, they wanted to do some panning for gold, so they mm-hmm. wanted me to do some dowsing along this along this stretch, mm-hmm. and and so like it was like two GPS squares along this river and the tributaries. So what I did is I just like I I, I sectioned it off. I ha- I made two a couple separate maps, and mm-hmm. then I doused each one of those maps, and then marked down every all the spots where the pendulum indicated were uh, gold deposits. Mm-hmm. I, and then I transferred it over back over to the North River map um, on my trail map. And um, did find gold there? They did. Yeah. Oh, good. They did. Now, this so. is kind of like the, you see the picture of um, the guys with the stick with, uh, you know, that has a Y at the top and you're holding it and a stick yeah. with the end. That yeah. was a dowsing method that I've seen pictures of, really. I've never done it. I've done it a couple of times. I'm not great with that one. I'm better with a bobber. And mm-hmm. that's like what you do is I, what I do is I get a big willow branch, right? Uh-huh. And then I, and then I, I hold it by the small end instead of the big end. And it right. just kind of bobs along and, and it'll, it'll bob differently over the target site. Mm-hmm. So if I'm outdoors, I don't use the Y branch. I use that. I use the big one. And that's mainly for finding water. Uh, mm-hmm. finding water. We had to do that to find the wellhead at this house because we could not find the wellhead um, for our well. Wow. Yeah. And it turns out that it was inside the house. We had to douse, <laughs> yeah. we had to douse for it. We couldn't find it anywhere. <laughs> and when you, when it turned out, you know, when you were dousing and the dousing kept showing you inside the house, was what like, did you say? This? <laughs> yeah, this is a problem. Well, I, I didn't know what to think because they're always outside and, mm-hmm. They're always like, you know, right, like right around the house somewhere. Right, right. And and this one here's inside the house. The inside the house, you actually have to take the floor apart to get to it. Wow. And how so, did you convince the people who you were working with to do this? To take a floor well, apart? It's in there. She, they were they were kind of skeptical. So like <laughs> I had her do a scrying session. Mm-hmm. I, I, I walked her through a scrying session. I says, you can do it. I could teach you in 10 minutes. Let's go yeah. on break. 10 yeah. minutes, 10 minutes. She did the session. She was like, oh, yeah. oh my gosh. 
I'm sure it changed her business completely. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what I do with the skeptical um, outlook. It's like, okay, we're going to do a session. You're going to do it? No, I'm not doing it. You're doing it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's easy for for, uh, beginners to pick up your book and be able to follow your your directions and be able to do it right away. Yes. It's, and, and most of the people, like I have, I, you know, the classes that I've taught, mm-hmm. I usually know what the record, the record amount of time is 20 minutes. I had wow. them, I had them doing the scrying. And, and when the session, um, when the session was finished, I got to ask what that they were, they is. were like, one of them, I, like one of them had to just get up and walk away. Cause it was like, it was such a shock. Oh, that they could do it. Yeah. yeah, that it was yeah. that easy and that it worked that quickly because it wasn't, there's no, it, it works right away if you, <laughs> if you follow the directions correctly. And right. I mean, that includes having the grab bag and everything. You have to follow, follow exactly what I said um, mm-hmm. for it to work like that. <clears throat> so, but everybody that I've, I've taught, I haven't had anybody that wasn't able to do it. I've had some people that were kind of scared to do it right? and had to kind of reassure them that, you know, there's nothing going to come out of that paper and grab you in the face or anything like that. You know, you're, you're going to be okay. And <laughs> yeah, I just now, think is, is this a um, kind of a, a way to begin your psychic development? Yeah. Yeah. I think okay, it's a good so way to is, do that. Yeah. This is it's, a way to start. Yeah. You could just, you could read the book and as you read the book, it's probably a good idea just to practice things as you go along. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not it's not really complicated and do the internal scrying. Um, you know, you can do that fairly quickly. Uh, the other two, the the casting, or it's like I was looking, just looking at that. Yeah. That's casting. like looking at the clouds. You're, you're and just, environmental scrying scrying. Right. Yeah. Now um if you get good at practicing this, it, it ta- this one takes a little bit of practice. Um, the environmental scrying, when you look at an angle, at, at an object, sometimes if you will see like a shimmering effect mm-hmm. over your target. Like if you throw coins out there in the yard, mm-hmm. you want to look for like, I want to see a shimmering over the coins. Focus on seeing that. <clears throat> And uh, most people will see that after a while. Uh, How long is a while? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it takes a few, it, it takes a few tries. It's not that people are looking for something that looks like a big heat wave or something. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking, you got to look for something subtle. That's yeah. the trick. It's okay. not so much that you can't see it; it's what you're that you know what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. That's okay, the, so that's, so it's subtle. It's almost like. Um, like a heat wave, a heat right. coming off of pavement kind right. of thing. It looks like that, but it's not that obvious. Yeah. It's very, very subtle. That's that's envir- That's what I call environmental scrying. And I can do that most of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. It, it's a thing, but it's not, it's not as easy and it's not as dependable as the other methods that I have in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's probably the most difficult technique in the book. Okay. <clears throat> and what's the alphanumeric? Uh, dowsing and scrying. Okay. Alphanumeric scrying and dowsing is like people, everybody wants to know how to win the lottery. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <And> so, <laughs> so I wanted, I kind of wanted to address this. Mm-hmm. Um, the alphanumeric, it's, when you when you're when you're when you're dowsing, oh, just I gotta remember. I gotta look and see what I put down there. <laughs> I've got to read my book. Well, there's a couple. <laughs> I, I can't remember which one. I can't remember which one I did. There's 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 like a half a dozen techniques I know, uh-huh. and, I, and I was putting the simpler ones in the book. Okay. Um, How about the symbolic occult and mystery targets, and then we'll come back to the alphanumeric. Okay. Um, all right. So. Symbolic occult mystery targets are targets. Okay, that's that's um, that's like um, uh, if you've ever read um, that's like um, like oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank. Let me think a second. Dan Brown is the garden, one I always think of. Um, the <laughs> garden um, regard is like the uh, garden of the pomegranates, where you're scrying the tree of life, like you're trying you're scrying aspects of um, of the tree of life, like. You're talking to the angel of tree of life or you're, you know, things like that. It's a golden, it's a, that's a golden dawn. Um, that's a golden dawn thing. I don't know what a golden dawn thing is. Oh, okay. Remember, I'm, I'm a newbie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's, let's take it. Let's, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about this one. I, like astrology. Okay. The symbol mm-hmm. for Capricorn. Okay. Okay. And. Scrying the symbol of Capricorn is is a way of studying the um, esoteric properties of that astrological sign. So, like your scrying target would be, what does Capricorn mean? What does the symbol of Capricorn mean? Mm-hmm. And you can actually get into more like like in astrology, Capricorn is like somebody born in January. They're very uh, down to earth. It's a trip. It's a it's a uh, it's an earth sign, so they're very homebody, they're very um, organized, anal retentive, OCD. <laughs> you married this, didn't you? <laughs> ah, yeah. Oh, gee, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Very detail-oriented. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, so. If you want, but but when you scry it and you put set Capricorn as your target and you put it in the grab bag mm-hmm. and you're scrying it without knowing which one you're scrying, you're going to uncover some additional esoteric properties of Capricorn. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's what that's what symbolic scrying is. You're studying a symbol using scrying and you're trying to uncover more layers of that symbol. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now. The other thing that this can be used for, for another symbolic target, might be like a um, like a glyph of some kind from an unknown writing system. You can use this to decipher meaning in unknown languages. So oh, you, you've got to explain that a little bit. Okay. For me. Okay. So, like for example, there's a couple of um, Mayan hieroglyphs that. Mm-hmm. You, you're, you're studying Mayan hieroglyphs, and there's a couple of them that you don't understand. Mm-hmm. You could set those into a grab bag and use scrying to uncover some of the meaning of those. Okay. Or if you want more depth on one that you already know, which is probably a better target because you have some way of validating it, mm-hmm. um, you could find out more information about that symbol. 
mm-hmm. using so scrying. You can go deeper on the symbol through scrying right. than just the symbol. Right. Um, it's usually better, like, if something is known about that symbol, you got to have something to compare your session to so you can determine if you were on target or not. Because remember, every session is going to have accurate and inaccurate information. If you don't know anything about the symbol at all, you don't know which information is accurate and which one, which information is not. So you need something to, to see if you were on, to compare with, to see if you were on track. Can you yeah. use the pendulum for that then? <laughs> is um, this uh, real or, you know? Uh, you could, I guess. I, I don't, I like to have solid, I like to have like a little bit more down to earth, solid mm-hmm. information yeah. because, because I like, I like very specific feedback on my, when I do a target. Yeah. Um, Mystery targets. Now mystery target is. You know what though? We're we're not going to be able to go there. We're going to have to break, um, you know, and end it now. I want everybody to come to your book, the art of scrying and dowsing, which will go into all the mystery targets and all of the, and really the how to, it's a step-by-step how to enter the world of really opening up your psychic, abilities and um, the way to do it. But um, tell me where they can get hold of you and um, work with you directly. Okay. Um, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, um, I have a Facebook group called The Art of Scrying and Dowsing and has a picture of the book cover on there. And, you know, generally the people in the group are very quiet and, and usually you know, talk to me privately, but Mm -hmm. I do post, I post additional articles on there. Like I'll do like little essays, like anywhere from once a month to a couple times a week. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it's just some additional information. And also if you have any questions, it's a good place to catch me. um, If you're having trouble understanding a concept or if you're having getting, you know, not getting something in the book and it's not working for you, that's a good place to go because if you're not, if you're having trouble with something, I want to know. I want to know about it because then right. it helps me um, down the road, and it helps me to teach this material better. If mm-hmm. I have some feedback, like you know, oh, this was difficult. I just don't get this, and right. or this worked really well for me. I really, really like this technique. So, so it's helping you to clarify or to share what needs to be clarified or what works well. Right. So I'm free te- everybody to send in your questions. Yes. I am a teacher. And as a teacher, I, I, am, I am happiest when I know that my students um, have learned the stuff that I want them to learn. Mm-hmm. So that so they makes can, me happy. They can go to your, <laughs> good. They can go to your website, which is? Um, I just, just use the Facebook. Just use the Facebook, oh, Facebook site. I don't I'm have sorry. a word. What under I, what name though? Um, it's under Jenny Tice. It's under the Art of Scrying and Dowsing. It's a group. Right. It's a group in Facebook. It's the same title as the book. Thanks so much. Thanks for being on the show. You can uh, email me at a view through the veil at gmail dot com or a view through the veil dot com. Thank you and have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.